Welcome back to WNHHFM New Haven's home for community radio. I'm Paul Bass, your host at Dateline New Haven, inviting you to look behind the headlines and the stories that make our community tick. I'd like to introduce you to someone who you're going to be seeing a lot more of in New Haven at a new institution that's up to some exciting work building the economy of New Haven's future. Say good morning to Ryan Diggs. He's the founding director of Climate Haven. I hope I say this right. An incubator for climate-oriented tech companies that are starting up at 770 Chapel. Did I get it right, Ryan? All right, let me uh, let me get you better volume there. So thanks for coming in. So Climate Haven is 770 Chapel. That's between Orange and State. It was City Hall once in a blue once a long time ago. Temporarily served at City Hall for a few years when our re- City Hall was being rebuilt in the early 90s. It's been a lot of other things. C Click Fix was there, and now you're setting up shop there. And uh, how many how many floors do you have there? Uh, so we're starting out initially with about 10,000 square feet, which which is that C-Click uh, fix space they used to occupy. Um, our goal will be to hopefully expand Climate Haven over the next couple of years so that we occupy at least a couple floors in 770 Chapel Street. And I'm going to ask you, Ryan, to get a little closer to the mic so you're almost touching. Sure, not quite. yeah. So what you're doing is you're helping companies. You want to have a bunch of companies start there that looking to address the challenges faced by climate change, Correct. That's exactly right. So at its core, Climate Haven is a community of climate tech entrepreneurs and all the people that passionately support them. I think if you want to take one step back and, 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 and start to ask why climate tech entrepreneurship is so important and why it's so, um, so necessary to uh, create these types of communities, you have to look at where we are right now with climate change. Um, it is an important issue, uh, which requires uh, urgent action. And when you think about what we have to do to address it, which is really dramatically reduce our carbon emissions, we simply don't have all the tools, the innovations, the inventions that we need today to do that. And so entrepreneurship at its core is this really essential part of making sure that we have all the tools, all the innovations, all the inventions that we need in order to get us, humanity, this planet, to reduce our carbon emissions as much as we possibly can. An idea, obviously, of an incubator is that you want people who have an idea for whether it's a new form of carbon capture or you know, turning hydrogen into from water into power, that they're around other people who are also working on projects so they can share ideas, they can be inspired by ideas, they can join together to afford certain costs together and overhead. And the big part, obviously, is you're in a city where a lot of research is being done at Yale. And since the Levin administration at Yale in the early 90s, Yale has tried to mimic Route 128, which you're very familiar with in, in Massachusetts and Palo Alto, with commercializing the research. I mean, that's been the boom with Science Park. It's been the boom with 100 and 101 College Street. It's filling up even before it's done, which is that research coming out at Yale can help found companies that then become job creators in our community and help and, cha- and address those climate challenges. Is that kind of the idea here? We're hoping to have some of those Yale spinoffs there. Exactly. And there's, there's, there's two important things in what you just said, and, and they're kind of separate ideas embedded in, in your description that are worth mentioning. So the first is the value in putting entrepreneurs around each other. Uh, climate tech as kind of a sector of uh, you know, venture capital, early stage company building is hard. It's, it's really hard. Often you're, you're, you're building 
physical things, not just an app, but you're, you're, you're creating some sort of physical construct that's going to support decarbonization. Or uh, more often these days, you're applying chemistry or biology to, to think about exactly how we can decarbonize. That's just hard work. It also happens to be in sectors of the economy where the incumbents are like supremely embedded in our daily lives, you know, the energy companies, it's, it's hard to overthrow them. And, and so this notion of climate tech entrepreneurship is one which is tough. Climate Haven isn't trying to make it easy, but what we're trying to do is make it less hard. And one of the ways that you do that is by putting these entrepreneurs around other like-minded people who are doing different things. The companies will be taking different approaches to decarbonization and to scaling climate technologies, but they're doing equally challenging things. And so bringing those people together, you know, allows them to lean on one another. And then you create a density of companies that allow others, the, the, you know, the, the, those passionate people that support them, the stakeholders in the community, uh, you know, folks that'll help them manufacture their products, investors, corporate partners. It allows them to all kind of benefit from that density of startups that are working together. I would assume, tell me if this is correct, that, you know, you have several stages of funding when you have a company. You get startup capital, whether it's a loan from Community Innovations or something, the state quasi-public funding agency. And then when you develop, you need other funders and you're going to have an ecosystem. You're going to have people who meet each other, who know each other, confer each other. You're going to be able to tell people about other people. People will trust you. That's right. As a gatekeeper, you already have done this in Massachusetts. So you're a gatekeeper, sort of, hey, I got somebody you might want to know about. And there's still dollars looking for that. Are there any companies yet in Climate Haven or about to come? Are there any? Well, so uh, we haven't. We're just about to embark upon the process of recruiting companies. Um, we, 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 uh, announced our board of directors, uh, announced my appointment, uh, last week and, and, uh, we're starting to get work, uh, on improving the physical space. And so we, we, em we're embarking upon that process now. And, you know, one of the really great things about being here in New Haven is that we do get to tap into that very deep well of intellectual brilliance that is at Yale and, and all the research really, the really intensive research that's being done. And, and that. I, I think gets me to that, uh, you know, to my, what I think is really the second important point there beyond just bringing the entrepreneurs together. It's, it's, it's what type of entrepreneurs are you bringing together? And, you know, we're at a point where we do have a number of technologies, innovations that are going to help us decarbonize a good portion of the way. Uh, you know, solar and wind are examples of two technologies that have, have really kind of been de-risked over the last uh, number of years. People accept them as just kind of working technologies that will help us as a species, as a planet, reduce our carbon emissions. That's great. But there's going to be some really intensive research that's going to need to be done. You, you identified two technologies earlier around carbon capture uh, in instances where we can't, um, we're still emitting some carbon into the air. How do we capture it and, and then create something valuable out of carbon? Did you read yesterday in the Times about New York City, the first building, they think it's going to be more where they, they get it the, from the burner and then they mix it in to make cement yeah. at a cement factory? Exactly. That's a perfect example of, of taking something that um, you know, really has just been this awful externality, carbon, um, and, and, and capturing it and, and creating value out of it. Um, and hydrogen is another example you mentioned earlier about how we're, we really need to imagine how uh, we can use hydrogen, which is just such a, a, a dense energy source, uh, to kind of 
you know, clean up some of the dirtier industrial decarbonization that we tackle right now using natural gas or, or fo other fossil fuels. And so you think of a place like Yale, uh, where there's incredible research, you know, great minds, and more and more of the university is starting to kind of, you know, uh, point their, their research, point their, their uh, you know, their efforts towards climate. And we want to be a place where, you know, those entrepreneurs who have taken in a, uh, you know, some sort of breakthrough research and I identified and recognized that that research could actually become a, a technology, which could become the, the, the bedrock of, of a company, a scalable company. Um, we want to be a home for them. And we want to be a place where they can go in New Haven, uh, you know, we, we, you know, close to campus in, but in the city and build their company here. We're talking to Ryan Diggs, founding director of Climate Haven, 770 Chapel Street, across from Elm City Market. It's going to be devoted purely to green tech, a startup incubator. You know, I'm getting all these vibes when you're talking about it. I remember people talking when we started Science Park in 1982. It was the same kind of feel, the same kind of idea of what can grow from there in the ecosystem. And it took some stops and starts, but it happened. And they filled up, and uh, now we've got a whole downtown sector in general with tech and a lot of biotech. Um, as I said, 101 Chapel, 100. I mean, 101 College, 100 College, and we're probably going to get a new one now in the ninth square. And it's just thinking about climate tech. Would you say there's a gold rush on among investors, venture capitalists worldwide, to find and fund some of these startups, given that, you know, the EU and all sorts of organizations and national governments are requiring and city governments are requiring greater energy efficiency and less carbon? 100%. And it's, is there a way to quantify that, Ryan? Like the number of dollars the market is, or how many? Well, you could you could you could you could quantify it simply in the the um, start by quantifying it in terms of the value of the Inflation Reduction Act. Right. You know, three hundred and sixty-nine billion dollars of incentives, which the market should then leverage ten times over. In, in terms of the, the amount of investments that will be injected into climate and clean technology. So have you been getting bug-eyed at like 11 at night trying to read all that on your computer or your phone, all the fine print in the, the Inflation Reduction Act to see what you guys are going to be able to go after? Or? Well, the really fun part about the Inflation Reduction Act is that it supports almost all clean technologies and it supports decarbonization. It really in, is an environmental bill. It is. Yeah. It is an incredible bill. And if I think back around uh, about my own career and I think back about, uh, you know, some of the different uh, companies I've worked in, in the clean tech space, just, you know, a matter of kind of five, you know, seven years ago, the atmosphere right now in terms of uh, the general will that we as a, as a, as a, as a kind of, a, you know, as a country have to, to accept climate change and kind of meet that challenge head on, um, the financial interest to see that challenge as an enormous economic opportunity. Um, and the, the interest, I think, just among folks who wanna, wanna invest their time. They wanna be part of this because you know, they see working in climate technology as something that not only could bring prosperity to them and their communities, but is also gonna make the planet a little better place for their kids. I think it's kind of an empowering way to look, a very positive way to look at the challenge of climate change. People can feel despair, you know, planet's gonna you know melt or you know it's gonna wipe us out or you know the cities are gonna disappear and then when you start talking and looking at real examples of successful technology that have reduced our carbon footprint that have saved those only that that you feel you could do something about it 
And it's a game changer psychologically as, as a nation, as a world. I think when we think about we can do something about a problem rather than we have to just accept that we're going to be victims of a problem. It's, you know, climate change is, a, it's, it's a big problem. And to me, um, it's a moral imperative that we do something about it. I also happen to think that it is a moral imperative that unites economic opportunity uh, and, and, and gives us the opportunity to build something great. I never it, understood it, why the larger fossil fuel companies didn't invest earlier. Their own research was telling them about climate change before everybody else understood it. We found that like from ExxonMobil. And you look at Iverdrola, right, the company that's the parent company of UI, United Illuminating. They've gone so heavily into investments in wind power, both in Spain, they're even trying to do something here in Bridgeport. And so many other companies have, it seems to me, who could have been best positioned to make the money that's going to be made on green tech. It seemed they were kind of slower to the dance, perhaps because they're so beholden to short-term shareholder returns. Do you have any thoughts on that question? Obviously, this, you know, it's a huge opportunity for entrepreneurs, and there always will be, because like IBM could do certain things with tech over the years, but you needed Microsoft, you needed Google, you needed, you know. Mm. Any thoughts on why it didn't seem to be part of the corporate model, with, except for exceptions like Iverdrola? It's, you know, it's tough to kill the golden goose. I can't, I can't blame anybody for wanting to hold on to the golden goose. <clears throat> I think if you look at, uh, you know, some of the investments energy companies have made, you're likely to see the European-based companies uh, be more aggressive in terms of the investments <laughs> Is that they've made. because their it's, governments regulate more? Or? I think part of it has to do because of the governments. I think in the case of Iberdrola, I mean, you're looking at a company that's invested heavily in offshore wind, yeah. and Europe just advanced faster in terms of offshore wind development. They invested more in it. They got better at the technology. Uh, and you now have the largest offshore wind farms in the world based in Europe. Uh, we're lucky now that those companies uh, see New England as a place where offshore wind uh, yeah. can develop quickly. And so they're now making investments here. We see more of the European companies wanting to make investments in uh, offshore wind in New England than we see the U.S. companies uh, you know, that are primarily based in Texas or <clears throat> you know, out west wanting to make those same investments. Well, it's, been some it's, it's, been some it's a tough challenge. They'll... They, you know, they, they, they want to be part of an energy transition, but they, they want to respect uh, and protect their incumbency. So, Ryan, you talked about knowing firsthand. You came from a place called Greentown Labs where you've been working in green tech. Tell us about some of the companies you've worked, specifically companies you've worked with in the past to help take from the seed of an idea to fruition. Yeah. <clears throat> Greentown's a great place. Uh, it is a climate tech incubator based in the Boston area. Uh, it helps um, uh, at any given time uh, in, summer, in, in Somerville, which is uh, where it is just outside of Boston. We probably have about 50 to 100 startup companies that are in the space being wow. incubated. Um, those companies very intentionally work in a, a variety of kind of climate sectors. So you may have a company that is coming up with a, a, a unique uh, uh, process to decarbonize cement is very carbon intensive uh working next to a company uh that is creating uh uh you know a, a new way to think about uh ev charging uh working right next to uh another company uh that's uh you know working on battery storage uh creating kind of a new chemistry uh for uh you know long duration energy storage can you and, think of a day was your favorite day on the job there that you said this is why i do it this is the power of what we're up to uh you know for me there's there's really two things that i think are um that are really exciting about the work. So 
Number one is when you see projects actually get out of the lab and, and go into the ground. Uh, prior, prior to Greentown, I, I worked at a wonderful organization called SunWealth where we were uh, primarily building commercial solar projects. And it was always so meaningful to see those projects actually built and to see those, uh, those projects completed and, and, and you know, turn them on, generating clean electricity. That's a, that's a really marvelous thing. That's what's cool about climate tech in general. It's, it's so cerebral because we're, we're building, so much of climate tech is going to be building physical infrastructure, mm -hmm. which is absolutely fantastic. Um, the second thing that, that uh, I experienced a lot at Greentown was just when uh, you know, we would have new folks come in working, uh, joining uh, either our team or joining the teams of uh, the climate tech uh, startups that are there. And you know, more often than not, these folks are on the younger side. And there was just a passion, like a genuine interest in taking their skills, uh, all their intellectual curiosity and their energy and just applying it to this problem, applying it to, to climate change. And for all the, 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 the doomsday talk about you know, what could happen if we don't address this problem, there is this inherent optimism amongst the people that are working in climate change that, yeah, we're going to address it. We're going to tackle it head on. It's an enormous economic opportunity. It's going to require decades, maybe for some people, their life's work. But you know what? The result will be a regenerative economy that hopefully can displace this extractive economy that we've built over the last 250 years and, and build great prosperity. And I think that that sense of optimism that you see in the people that are attracted to a place like Greentown that come to work in climate tech companies, like it's infectious. So the formation story as I heard it was that all these people want to form a climate tech in New Haven, a, a, an incubator. People like Caroline Smith, Ben Berkowitz, and Click Fix, Josh Cabral, who's Yale University's point person in, in helping tech companies start in New Haven with Yale Research. They all visited Greentown for a tour. They said, we want to do something like what's happening in Greentown. You gave them the tour. I did, yeah. And they said, oh, this guy kind of knows what he's doing. Maybe we can get him <laughs> come down to New Haven. Yeah. And they somehow got you to come down. How did that happen? Is that an accurate story? Uh, it, 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 it's, uh, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. There was a, a wonderful group of folks from Yale uh, that came up to Greentown. I, I did give them a tour uh, and uh, hit it off uh, with a lot of them. Um, just found them to be an amazing group, genuine folks, really smart, uh, really committed to building this. Uh, and uh, it's it's an exciting opportunity. I think in uh, you know when you think about uh, you know when you think about climate tech, for me it's it's not a matter of you know oh support a couple of companies you know that are then going to take some technology maybe some sort of digital technology and just you know kind of infinitely scale it globally. It's a matter of you know building you know kind of strong ecosystems that are going to have the might to to decarbonize all of this infrastructure. And, and that requires, it, you know, it requires a, a, you know, a strong community in Boston and Greentown, requires a strong community in New York. It requires taking advantage of the abundance of resources that are in a place like New Haven and making a great climate tech community here. Now, and, you're, getting, you're getting started funding from Connecticut Innovations, correct? Uh, so Connecticut Innovations has a wonderful new fund, Climate, climate Tech, tech Fund, fund. Uh, which will support uh, uh, a number of clean tech companies and invest in them. Oh, I see. So they'll invest in the companies you bring here. 
Exactly. Are you getting any money? Like, how is your funding starting? Is it Yale who gave you money to start up? Yeah. So uh, the the university's been been wonderful in their support, and and you know we're hoping to announce some specifics soon. Uh, you know, other local foundations have been fantastic. Well, I mean, you uh, came, then so you opened, so there must be some money. Uh, sure. Yes. Yeah. No. We're 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 getting grant funding uh, as well as some funding, some foundations that we're finalizing, and and some private funding as well. And um, you know, any, any EPA, federal EPA. Uh, so, uh, actually, one of the the, the first uh, first pieces of funding that we did get uh, was from the Department of Energy. Uh, they have a wonderful grant program uh, that supports the the kind of development of incubator communities uh, like ours. Um, so it was really nice to see that funding come in from the DOE, and uh, they've been uh, Department of Energy actually uh, has been an incredible force uh, for um, uh, clean energy development across the U.S. So before I let you go, tell me what a typical day is going to be like at Climate Haven in five years at 77 Chapel. What's going to be happening there and how are you going to spend your day? Uh, it's a great question. My hope is that in five years from now, we have an incredibly uh, uh, diverse, passionate group of entrepreneurs, uh, you know, potentially somewhere between 30 to 40 companies uh, that we are working with at any given time. Uh, that are doing incredibly intensive work on climate change. Uh, they could be highly technical uh, companies that, uh, you know, like we talked about earlier, uh, could be developing a novel technology to capture carbon, uh, or it could be companies that are thinking more along the lines of creating digital platforms uh, that allow uh, folks to transact uh, kind of distributed energy uh, on a more efficient basis. Um, and. And, you know, within that community uh, of entrepreneurs, you, my hope is that there's a great, robust group of people around them. Investors. Well, we've seen it happen before in New Haven. Yeah. And we're going to see it happen again. <laughs> Climate tech is going to make the world a better place. And in the process, it's going to make New Haven a better place. That's my hope. So, Ryan Diggs, welcome to New Haven. You started last week. Is that when you started? Uh, yeah, we've, uh, we're, we're, I, I have started up and uh, we've got our board going and uh, we've got a lot of work to do this spring and summer. Well, welcome to New Haven. And we're going to cheer you on at every step. Awesome. Climate Haven 770 Chapel. What's the website? Uh, climatehaven.tech. Easy. All you right. Got it. And why don't you hold on tight, folks? You're listening to Love Babs, Love Talk. Paul Bass filling in for Babs Rolls Ivy. We're going to come back on the rebound and we're going to be talking to Ian Quinn, the chair of the Department of Music at Yale, about Yale New Haven regular singing, a sacred harp shape note singing phenomenon that I think we're all going to want to know about. Sit tight. We're going to hear the Afro-Semitic experience performing. I wish I knew how it feel to be free from the group CD, A Plea for Peace. And we're going to be right back at you on WNHH 103.5 FM. Mm-hmm.